From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I am your host, KG Smooth, and on the phone line, I have with me uh, one of the top surgeons in the nation. I mean, um, this man has done it all, and he's got a documentary coming out, and we're going to get into everything uh, that he has going on uh, today. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Antonio Webb to the Public Affairs Podcast. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me today. So, um, well, thank you for being here. Um, you have been on the front lines, um, it looks like, throughout your entire uh, career. Uh, you are a spine surgeon known for the firsthand uh, battle Um with combat veterans in Iraq battling uh, the Ebola epidemic in West Africa. And um, with that expertise, now we are in this era of COVID-19. And so um, the old COVID-19 from 2020, we've been through that. Now they're saying that there is this new strand that allegedly came um, from Britain. Um, what do we know about this new COVID-19 strand? And is it more contagious? Is Has it mutated into something more um, serious than the last one? What, what do we know about this new strand? Yeah, so, you know, with any viruses, they, they have the ability to kind of mutate and have different presentations, depending on that, the genetic makeup of that virus. So this is um, was something that we kind of expected. You know, there's several sh- new strains of um, the COVID-19 that are, have been kind of discovered in the UK and Nigeria and other countries. And, um, you know, some of those strains have gotten to the U.S. But for the most part, most of these newer strains the reports basically show that they have, they're more transmissible. They're more, um, they can spread a lot easier than most other kind of strands. So, mm-hmm. um, any of the vaccines that we're currently using right now, uh, that most people are getting, we kind of understand that they are able to, uh, be effective, um, in those new strains. So that's a good thing. So with the, um, so will these vaccines that they are continuing to roll out now, do we know if they will combat this new strain or will there have to be a whole new vaccine? Yeah, that, that's what most of the experts are thinking, that the current vaccines, that the Moderna and the Pfizer, are effective in providing some immunity to these uh, new strains also. Mm. Where do we know that, where did COVID-19 originate? I don't think I've ever gotten to uh, the bottom of that. I mean, we know that coronavirus has, you know, been around um, for a very, very long time, uh, ever since, you know, humans started um, habitating with livestock. Um, So where did this, this COVID-19, where did that come from? Um, you know, there's several different kind of thoughts out there about where it come from, but, um, you know, you'll, you'll hear Trump 
on news and TV reporting, calling it the uh, China virus, but um, that, that's kind of the location where most people kind of think that it kind of initially kind of started at. Um, but yeah, there, there's usually some type of transmission from um, different species, whether this is a bat or a, a some type of other species, or, or um, that's but the location is you. Most people are thinking China. Mm-hmm. Um, and how about the medical community? How are they um, handling, convincing uh, black and brown melanated people to take the vaccine, even though, you know, especially in the black community, they have um, such a hesitance when it comes to mm-hmm. being vaccinated? Because as history has shown us, black lives and black bodies have been lab rats forever. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they have concerns, which rightfully so. So how how is the science and medical community in Western medicine trying to ease that uh, concern of the black and brown community? Yeah, that's definitely a concern. And a lot of um, people in our community, especially African-Americans, are really hesitant, you know, going back way back to the 1930s. Uh, due to the Tuskegee um, experiments and trials. And even before that, when there was unauthorized kind of sterilizations of women, there's this thought that African-Americans don't have the same pain level or they don't experience pain, uh, you know, according to kind of other kind of uh, races. But, yeah, there's a lot of people that are very hesitant, and I I don't blame them. Um, There's a lot of misinformation out there from on different sources, news mm-hmm. sources, but can we dispel um, some of those? What what are some of the ones that you feel that need to be corrected and dispelled? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we're talking about the actual vaccine itself. A lot of people think that um, the COVID vaccine can actually give you COVID, which is not true. These are just um, vaccines that are created in the lab, and then your body actually um, forms antibodies, so that the next time that you're exposed to a particular virus, your your body can fight it off a lot quicker and easier. Um, there's um, some myths out there in terms of uh, people saying that uh, this is like a conspiracy theory, but um, I, I want to kind of dispel that as well. You know, this is certainly a lot of patients, especially African-Americans who are disproportionately being affected by this. I said African-Americans have a three to four percent increased risk of severity of disease as well as mortality. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other multitude of um, different reasons for that. But um, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is people who are actually dying, um, especially the African-American community, which are been kind of most affected by this. Yeah. And, and, and they're dying due to complications of COVID-19 on top of um, whatever pre-existing condition that they had, correct? Yes. Yeah. And then that goes kind of into the what they call the social determinants of health. This is kind of the housing. This is, um, you know, education levels, access to care, um, you know, where people, like especially African-Americans, they may work in certain areas that places that may increase uh, risk. But all those, along with uh, the comorbidities, high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, heart disease, kidney disease, those things place you at a disadvantage when you are affected by a particular virus. Your body is not able to mount a immune response to fight off that virus effectively when compared to someone who's, you know, more healthier. So, mm. And so with those lists 
of uh, ailments that seem to plague the black community um, with the vaccine. If one has one of those, um, how will the vaccine affect their health? Like, do we know? Because I haven't heard uh, anything on if it's okay for pregnant women to take. Um, if, you know, someone has HIV, are they okay to take it? If someone has high blood pressure or hypertension or whatever it may be. So, um, what's the word on that? Yeah. So right now that there's really no contraindications in terms of the comorbidities, like the um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, kidney disease. I think those patients are the ones that kind of need it the most. They're more at high risk for uh, severity of disease. So I, I would certainly uh, consider. So my, my job is not to tell you anyone to get the vaccine. It's just me to lay out information so you can make the best decision for yourself. Um, but like you said, in terms of pregnant women and the trials, and that's one thing I do as a clinician is I look at the evidence behind whatever I'm recommending or whatever I'm kind of telling my family members. And I looked at the trials. The downside is that the, there's not a lot of follow-up. So in these trials, most of them were seven or eight weeks follow-up. And as clinicians, we're always looking, we want that long-term follow-up. So what happens three months or six months or a year after, you know, anything that we do, you know, whether it's surgery or medication. So we just don't have that yet. But looking at the evidence that is present, um, I feel like the risk of contracting COVID and then the consequences of that is far greater than the vaccine. And most of the side effects from the um, the vaccine are just mild, maybe some mild arm soreness, um, mild fever, fatigue. uh, But those you know, side effects are, I would rather have those than actual COVID because you just don't know how your body's going to respond to it mm-hmm. if you do contract COVID. Now, what about this thing that I saw uh, that I read in the paper, actually? I didn't uh, see it on the news. Um, they were telling men that they might want to freeze some of their sperm because this vaccine may cause some infertility issues in men. Now, to mm-hmm. me, if they say it may cause... It probably will. So what what is that about the fertility issues with the vaccine? Do you know? Um, I, I, no, there is some research that's stating that COVID-19 itself, uh, like the virus, uh, may impact sperm quality, uh, which can contribute to some problems with it, infertility in some people, but not actually the vaccine. Uh, vaccination against COVID-19 uh, can most of the some of the studies that I saw, they can actually help protect male per- fertility. But like I said, the follow up that we have is you know not very long follow up. So I don't know uh, kind of the long term kind of consequences. I don't think anybody knows. But at this point, kind of mm-hmm. looking at the evidence that we do have, um, most of the literature kind of s- says otherwise, though. And now I just want to cover all bases, uh, Dr. Webb. So uh, just indulge with me for a minute. Um, Your thoughts on one of the conspiracy theories that the vaccine um, has these neutrons and metals and that it will if, if you get the vaccine, then you will turn into a cyborg that uh, the vaccine that's injected in you and with the satellites that are up and I'm, and I'm just, you know, going off of things that people are saying um, that mm-hmm. um, 
that that vaccine and with the satellites in orbit um, will control will control your uh, your emotions and um, and your health and you'll kind of just turn into like a human robot. Have you heard well, that? One? I, I, I've heard all types of crazy things and I haven't turned into a robot yet. You know, I got the other my first vaccine three weeks ago. Um, I'm just I guess I'm waiting to uh, turn into a robot. But, you know, th- th- these things are just um, misinformation that is, you know, it's leading to a lot more people actually dying from the virus. And um, when people are spreading this information, a lot of people are hesitant uh kind of about getting it, and especially if they have all these medical conditions that places them at a higher risk. Um, so that's why my goal is kind of be a, on the, uh, the kind of the forefront, just telling people, hey, I, I got the vaccine. I looked at the risks and the benefits, and I thought it was best for me and my family and the rest of my community. And I think, you know, you should look at the literature and kind of make that decision for yourself as well. So, mm-hmm. and, and what does the um, science and medical community, um, what what do they think? What is the um, projection of how long we'll be in this? Like, is there um, some sort of end in sight or will this kind of be like the new way to live uh, from here on out? Yeah, well, I think we just don't know how long the immunity actually you receive for when, once you get the vaccine and whether this is eight months to a year. Um, you know, I would imagine that it's one of those things just like the flu uh, vaccine that you get yearly. Um, there may, I've heard reports on both sides of, oh, you know, we will, you won't be required to get the COVID vaccine every year, but, you know, the, there's several other strains that are out. So I would imagine if there's mutations of this uh, virus that, you know, there may be the need for additional vaccines in the future. I mean, we just don't know yet. Mm, yeah. You are listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. I have Dr. Webb on the line with me who um, is about to drop um, or it's already out your documentary. Can you talk about uh, the documentary that uh, you produce? Yeah. So my documentary is called Overcoming the Odds is based off of my book, which is uh, called Overcoming the Odds. And it's essentially kind of details my life growing up in Louisiana, where I had several family members go to prison, including my little brother, uh, my little sister. And um, my mom, she was actually shot and paralyzed she's paralyzed from her waist down due Mm -hmm. to her drug addiction so Mm -hmm. i grew up a really challenging background and got into a lot of trouble myself growing up but you know uh, eventually just stuck to the books uh, stayed out of trouble and um, after a long journey 15 years of school i became a spine surgeon so this uh hopefully this documentary and also my book kind of inspires young kids out there from similar communities as mine that uh, you know anything is possible you just have to keep working hard, keep God first, and um, and never give up. Indeed, and and with that was um, working in medicine or becoming a doctor or a surgeon. Was that something that you always wanted to do in the back of your mind as you were being that you know knucklehead kid, teenager, uh, young adult uh, in the streets? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until I attended a magnet program and. Shreveport, Louisiana, that exposed me to the field of medicine. I, I never saw a black doctor growing up, never had met one. Mm. I didn't even think it was possible until, you know, that program kind of introduced the field of medicine to me. And I, I credit that program to um, my success and me 
making it out of Shreveport because I, 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 it's very likely that I would have either been in jail or dead, you know, if I would have stayed. I joined the Air Force at age 17 and mm-hmm. did eight years in the military, and that's how I got out of that, that environment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we can, um, where can we see the documentary? Yeah, so all of my social media sites are Antonio WebMD, and the documentary will be uh, featured on my YouTube page. So just go to YouTube and type in my name, Antonio WebMD, and I have the. We just released a trailer this past week, and uh, February twenty second, during Black History Month, um, I'll be releasing the official uh, documentary. Okay, and then and then you're doing a virtual tour uh, as well in February, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm speaking to about 20 to 25 schools and organizations. Um, they'll be uh, screening my documentary and uh, doing a, a Q&A and a small talk, mostly for um, uh, the focus, you know, the minorities and um, kids who kind of look like me when I was growing up so they can, you know, use me as inspiration. You know, if I did it, you know, they can also. That's, that's kind of my, my message for them. Indeed. And before I let you go, Dr. Webb, um your message, your your message, your final word to, well, this this podcast is 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 worldwide. So, um, mm-hmm. if you were to say anything to um, the black community about this vaccine and COVID, what mm-hmm. would you say to them? I would I would say take it serious. You know, this is something that um, you know we need to be very vigilant. Um, you know ask a lot of questions, do your research, take the necessary precautions, but also just look at the risks and benefits of uh, the COVID vaccine. You know, my jo- like I said before, my job is not to tell you to take the vaccine. I want you to make, be able to make a, you know, educated kind of decision. And I hope you make the, the right one. You know, this is uh, not only for you, but the rest of the community. And, um, you know, we just don't know how your, your body's going to respond to it. And even healthy people who, uh, contract COVID-19, those people sometimes end up on the ventilator. So I wouldn't want to be taking those chances. I've seen lots of patients who are very sick from this and uh, just hope everyone stands safe and we will get through this together. Indeed. Antonio Webb, MD, um, the documentary, what's the name of the documentary again? I'm sorry, I I lost it. It's It's called Overcoming the Odds. Overcoming the Odds. Uh, Just go to his Instagram. Oh, and I'm glad that you mentioned social media. Could you please um, give us your social media so uh, the people can follow and keep up with you? Yep. All of my social media sites, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, my website, Antonio Webb, MD. Um, and then my Overcoming the Odds, movie.com is the official website. Indeed. Dr. Antonio Webb, Overcoming the Odds, a documentary and the book available now. Sir, thank you so much for your time and um, for that reassurance of the black and brown community because, you know, the, they're very skeptical. I mean, I'm, I'm one of them, you know. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, I guess we, as you said, do what's best for you. You're not here to tell us to take the vaccine, but to make the proper decision um, for you and your family and to underscore what you said, you know, uh, getting the vaccine is better than having COVID. Yep. Indeed. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Dr. Antonio Webb, MD. We appreciate you. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Webb. You know, um, 
You heard what he said. You know, make the decision for yourself. As I told you, as I told him, you know, I don't think I'm going to take the vaccine. Uh, that's just me. But you got to do what's best for you and your family. All right. Don't move. We got more of the Public Affairs Podcast after this.